Okay, so this is the Informed Catholic. We're going to do episode 28, Friday after Ash Wednesday. And um, my name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 28. So let's begin. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me and with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All right, so um, again, we're going to continue our reading. Uh, I'm going to try to do these first couple of days. I'm not too sure how I'm going to do it by uh, Monday. But we'll see. Maybe I'll just try to do the Gospels if I can. I'll see if I can do that. So, again, um, once more, Lent is a journey with Christ. A journey with Christ. And it's uh, we're going to go into the wilderness of our lives. The desert of our lives. And we're going to uh, practice mortification. That is the killing of our negative selves, of our, of our selves that prevent us from, from getting the graces that get in the way between us and God and get in the way between us and God's grace. And that's the whole purpose of it. You have, we have to do this. Okay, I mean, it's funny, like, we always look at all these new age things, or we go to exotic cultures in it, like Buddhism, Hinduism, or something. And everybody goes after to try to improve themselves. Buddhism is uh, basically, it's an aesthetic, it's a form of aestheticism. It's a form of purification, mortification, right? And everybody seems to admire this, um, this form of uh, uh, Eastern uh, philosophy and, and, and spirituality because usually they don't talk about sin. They don't like to talk about it. But the fact is, it does talk about the ego, the ego, the negative ego. They just don't use the word sin. But sin is there. Um, Buddha himself was trying to run away from death. But why is there death? Why does death exist? Death comes from the fall. Death comes from, choo from choosing a life without God. And Buddha 
you know, the Buddhism keeps talking about reincarnation. For some reason, I don't know why that attracts them, attracts them so much, but maybe it's because it avoids sin. It avoids a guilty conscience. And I think that's that's probably it. It's it's the running away from a guilty conscience, running away from from uh from that from that fallen nature. That's that's basically it, I think. Now um it's interesting because Jesus himself goes out into the desert. And, you know, we know that the demon, the devil, tries to use food. Food is an attack of the lower nature, the primal nature, the, the urge to, to survive, but it's not to survive, it's to overtake, it's to take away too much. <clears throat> It appeals to gluttony, which comes out of pride, right? And it's connected to vanity, all right? The seven deadly sins, right? Isn't that what we're trying to battle here? <clears throat> the seven deadly sins, if you put them in the original order, I was looking at them the other day. It's, uh, it's very interesting. If you remember, you know, that character Shazam, the, the Captain Marvel, when the boy says the word Shazam, first he, the the writer, I don't know what background the writer, I think he might have been a philosophy, classical philosophy professor. And it's, um, uh, here we are. All right. It doesn't have them in the original order, but I'll try to put them together. Pride, envy, right? Uh, envy, anger, sloth, avarice, gluttony, and lust. Okay. This is basically, I think it's another format. Let me see. Okay, pride, covetousness, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, sloth. I'm guessing covet, uh, covetousness is uh, covetousness. To covet is greed, but lust and anger. Okay, pride. Now I, I, I would have thought you know, um, gluttony would have been right there before. Uh, lust, but I'm guessing, who knows, maybe I'm wrong, but the point is these particular things get in the way, and it's all self-love, it's all self-love. Uh, sloth, also known as azakidia, sometimes it can come with depression. Uh, laziness can come with depression, basically a, a sort of like a, a melancholy. Often, they say, this actually affects mostly uh, clergy, uh, it seems to affect them more, maybe because of um, their laziness in their spiritual life or something like that. But it's it's very interesting. But these are the things we have to we have to challenge ourselves to look into. All right. So let's begin with the reading. 
So let's begin and let's see if we can pick out um, any of these uh, seven deadly sins that might show up in the first reading. All right, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verse 1 to 9. Is this the manner of fasting I wish? Okay, a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God, cry out full-throated and unsparingly, lift up your voice like a trumpet blast. Tell my people their wickedness and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and desire to know my ways, like a nation that has done what is just and not abandoned the law of their God. They ask me to declare what is due to them, pleased to gain access to God. Why do we fast and you do not see it? Afflict ourselves and you do not take note of it. Lo, on your fast days you carry out your own pursuits and drive all your laborers. Yes, you fast, your fast ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with wicked claw. Would that today you might fast so, so as to make your voice heard on high. Is this the matter of fasting I wish, upkeeping a day of penance, that a man bow his head like a reed and lie in sackcloth and ashes? Do you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? This rather is the fasting that I wish, releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And, and then shall you call the Lord, shall you call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. All right, so let's look at this. Um, so uh, he does, he wants them to lift up their voice. He wants them to do what they're supposed to do. Then he said, then he, uh, then they, they, he turns it. Why do we fast and you do not see it? Afflict ourselves and you take no note, note of it. There's a, there's a, okay, so we can put a sort of like pride there. I think I will throw in the sin of pride. And then he's, and he points out low on your fast days, you carry out your own pursuits and drive all your laborers. Um, yes, your fast ends in quarreling and fighting, striking with, with the wicked claw. So a wicked claw, kind of like a wild animal, like a, a wild animal, like a, a, a beast, like a wolf or a, or, or a leopard or something. He's comparing it here. And so 
um, they end up with fighting, anger. Uh, I'm guessing the word is um, sort of like, uh, I guess you can say covetousness, greed. They're sort of like, we fast, but they're not, you know, but they... And then they, they force their, those who are weaker than them, those who are poorer, to work in the field. And they don't get to rest and worship and or pray and fast. Um, then, he, of course, he ends it here about them fighting and clawing at each other like wild beasts. Would that today you might fast as so to make your voice heard on high. In other words, if your prayer was really sincere. Um, and then he goes on um, so as to make your voice heard is this the manner of fasting I wish of keeping a day of penance that a man bow his head uh, is uh, bow his head like a reed and lie in sackcloth and ashes do you call this a fast he's basically turning uh, he's, he's, he's saying that they're just making a show they're making a show of it, but they're not really being sincere. They're just doing the exterior. And it's funny, um, in the book Spiritual Combat, uh, Spicali, I think his name is, he points out that a lot of people tend to like the exterior trappings of fasting. You know, Jesus himself points this out when he says that they like to look sad, weak, so they want to show the appearance of their fasting. But what the truth is, it's all just a show. It's just a show. They're not really, it's not really, a, uh, rend your hearts, not your, not your clothes. Remember that? Rend your hearts, not your clothes. Here. Um, they, they goes, it goes on. A day acceptable to the Lord is a question here. Do you call this a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord. This rather is the fasting that I wish, releasing those bound unjustly, untying the thongs of the yoke, setting free the oppressed, breaking every yoke, sharing your bread with the hungry, sheltering the oppressed and the homeless, clothing the naked when you see them, and not turning your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. Your vindication shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you sh uh, shall, uh, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and He will say, "Here I am." So, all the other stuff, God is not. God looks past all the the, the show, the appearances of fasting. You, all that is there. You know, you know He sees it but he doesn't buy it. He's not buying it. He wants a, a sincere, uh, a sincere fasting, which is give till it hurts. It's hard, but give till it hurts. Those who, there are people who can afford to do it. There are people who can afford to, to give a lot. You know, I mean, I think person like this, if, I hope it's not silly, but let's just say one got lucky and they got 
millions and millions of dollars. Let's say a lot of money, right? And you sat on it for a while, but you don't know how you're going to use it, right? Like, for example, some people, they'll buy things they never needed before. But some people buy things because they want it, not because they need it. So instead of using that money for something that you don't need, why not just live like you were not a millionaire? Why not just live like you didn't have millions? Why not just simply keep it, just keep it simple? Why does one need to get a big mansion? Why does one need to get things you never had to get before, right? You bought that big mansion, all of a sudden you have to pay the taxes on that big mansion. So you're paying far more than what you originally had to pay if you didn't have the mansion, right? Suddenly now you want those fancy clothes and fancy shoes, but you never needed them before. So why does one have to live like a millionaire? Why not just live like you're not a millionaire? And why not just put that money to use by helping people? Maybe just give to give to organizations that know what to do with the money. I would give to probably the Marian fathers. They seem to be very, very sincere and very good. And they'll put that money to use in spreading the word of God. There's always going to be hungry people. There's always going to be refugees and, and all that. I'm not saying not to help them. The problem is one wants to give without that in order to stop having people in poverty. But some people just don't have the capacity to change their lives. You gotta acknowledge some of it is some of it is depression. Some of it is also a cultural attitude a, a wrong negative attitude about life. But my opinion is put the money to use where you know you can make a difference. Like I would probably give to wounded warriors. There are a lot of soldiers out there. My brother's a veteran. I would give to them, right? I would actually give maybe to people who, uh, who you know will want to change their lives. There's a lot you can do. Fasting is not necessarily just with... Yes, there should be personal, intentional fasting of changing of your heart, of conversion and getting close to God. That's different. That's private. In my opinion, keep it private. Keep it between you and God. And the other form of fasting is, I would say, missionary. You can give to the right mission. You can give to the right organization that you know will change people's lives. Instead of two organizations where there always seems to be the same people and no intention of changing love. I live in New York City. I always, I tend to see the same beggars year after year. Sometimes. I mean, some, well, after a while, you don't see them anymore. But some of them don't want to change their lives. They don't, they don't intend to, to stop their addiction. They don't intend to stop their... I'm just speaking, this is from my own personal observance. And there's some people that just want to milk the system. I give to those who you know will change. Give to those that you know will make a difference. It's, it's your money. And like I said, don't, I mean, seriously, what are you going to do with 14 bathrooms if you buy a mansion? 
What are you going to do? It's okay to use the money to travel and go on pilgrimages. But you didn't have millions before. Why do you have to live like a millionaire now? That's, 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 that's my question about some of these people. Instead, sit on the money. Put the money away. Pray about what you can do with it. The right things you can do with it. Because money is a test from God. Money, I, I truly believe, is a test from God. I truly believe that God gives it to us because he's going to see what we're going to do with it and how we're going to behave. Some people don't realize that, but that, I do believe, is a test. All right, let's move on from there. Psalm 51. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, in the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. For you are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer a burnt, burnt offerings? You would not accept, accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. A heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. Okay. Matthew, um, Gospel of St. Matthew, when the bridegroom is taken from them, then they, sh then they will fast. Seek good and not evil, so that you may live, and the Lord will be with you. Seek good and not evil, so that you may live, and the Lord will be with you. This is from the um, prophet Amos, chapter 5, verse 14. Gospel of Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 15. Okay, that was the, the Amos was the verse, uh, kind of like antiphon, but it's not an, we don't do antiphons during Lent. But they do give you a verse. Seek good and not evil so that you may live and the Lord will be with you. Uh, Amos chapter 5, verse 14. And the title of this is, When the bridegroom is taken from them, then they will fast. Uh, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 14 to 15, only two verses. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast. One more time. The disciples of John approached Jesus and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast much, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So here we have the disciples of John the Baptist. That's what I mean by the disciples of John. 
and they approached Jesus. Now, some of John's disciples did not accept Jesus as the Messiah, the Christ. They wanted to believe that John, their their rabbi, their master, the son of Zechariah, the Baptist, that he was the Messiah, that he was the, going to be the Christ or should have been the Christ. They never accepted him. They actually wound up becoming a Gnostic sect of their own. To this day, they're called, uh, they're, they're very small now, they're slowly dying out. They're called Mendaeans. Um, they're mostly found in places, I think, Iraq. I don't know about Syria or uh, Iran or any other parts, but they were called, and to this day, they're still called Mendaeans. Um, they're dying out because they, 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 they didn't, they didn't allow converts and they limited their marriages to them among themselves. So that's, that's, you know, and I don't know if they have any ancient books or stuff like that, but I actually knew someone who, who, uh, at my job, who actually, uh, it was or is a Mendean. So, you know, it's, that was the first time I ever met it. I ever heard of them. Now I know, but it's interesting. All right. So they're complaining that the, they and the Pharisees do fast a lot. It's interesting that they put themselves on the same pedestal with the Pharisees. When John himself condemned the Pharisees, condemned their, their practices and their abuses. And Jesus tells them, uh, he has answered, can the wedding guests fast or guests mourn as long as the bridegroom's with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then they will fast. This theme of bridegroom, Jesus is the bridegroom. He's the bridegroom of our soul. We are his bride, the church, the body, the disciples, we're his bride. So he's the husband of our soul and we are the bride to him. And in the end, you see like this new Jerusalem coming down from heaven as a bride decked out for her bridegroom, for her husband. So there's this romance between the soul and Christ. And this is something that a lot of, uh, a lot of, I think a lot of people are just uncomfortable with. Maybe they just don't understand why there has to be this way. But the fasting came when he was taken away. Like now, he's not among us. So he has been taken away. So we have to fast, do penance, and prepare for his return. That's the whole purpose. And it's, it's a relationship. You can't do it if you don't ask for the graces for him, from him to give to you. We need those graces to help us fast. We need those graces to help us be holy. Any, any attempt that we try to do on our own will, will be an end up in failure and despair because we try to do things on our own. We need to pray for his strength, pray for his presence, pray for his life in us, pray for the will to offer ourselves to him. And we should do it privately, quietly. Don't make a show of it. Don't make a show of it. Try not to do that. Because if you do make a show of it, you're only going to make you know, you're going to wind up in disappointment and feeling embarrassed. Keep it private and don't overdo it. If you feel like you're going to faint, don't do that. Drink some water. Uh, you know, it takes time 
practice. Some people can catch on right away. Like for me, it actually surprisingly was, wasn't very hard the first day. But then the second day, it got harder. Because what happens is you're changing your, your whole metabolism. But you're also you're using this time to think of him. Whenever the hunger pains or the, the temptations come up, usually it starts with a temptation. Pray to him. Pray to our Lord for the grace. Pray, pray to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the saints to give you these graces that we need. All right, so I'm going to end it here, and uh, let's move on to uh, the closing prayers. Okay, we'll say a, um, a Hail Mary for the Pope, for the Church, and we'll say a Hail Mary for the people of Ukraine. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. And we should add Russia. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. And we should add a uh, Hail Mary for the soul of uh, the souls that have been lost on both sides, uh, both Ukrainian people and, uh, you know, the civilians and also the Russian soldiers. Um, I'm sure many of them did not want to go back. And we got to remember, many of them have families and many of them um, are sons, they're, uh, they're brothers to, to some brother or sister. And uh, they're a son to a father and a mother, and they're also happen to be fathers themselves. And, uh, you know, some of them may have been, you know, their intention was to obey orders and be faithful uh, to their country, uh, even though the war was wrong. It's, they're not, not, there's, no, there's good and bad people on both sides. So, the Hail Mary for the souls have been lost. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, we'll say a Saint Michael. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.